Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. identify myself as a Bible-believing, unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. I believe the Bible, I follow Jesus, and I'm not ashamed to say so. The answer is not in the next election. The answer is not in Washington, D.C. The answer to America's problems is in the pulpit and the pews of America's churches. That's what we do here daily on Bob Bernie Live. We listen, we think, and then we look at the Word of God, evaluate it, and develop our worldview from God's point of view. The views and opinions expressed are those of the participants and may not be the views or opinions of the staff, management, or advertisers of WRFD. Isn't it strange how that you take two pieces of material, you can take wood, you can take plastic, you can take anything, and you can put them in any configuration until you put them perpendicular to each other and make a cross. The Word of God. Read it. Obey it. That is the answer to America's problems. Call 1-877-BOB-LIVE. Bob Bernie Live. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Bob Bernie Live. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. A uh, quick program note, uh, Lord willing, say uh, uh, Senator J.D. Vance will be joining us at 345. Uh, We're going to talk quickly about several issues, but uh, the thing that I want to discuss most importantly with him, is his sponsorship of legislation that would mandate AM radios in every vehicle sold in America. Uh, He's singing my song, and uh, I want to know why this is so important to him. Uh, He is one of the co-sponsors. Ted Cruz is the uh, primary sponsor for Republicans, but it has uh, bipartisan support. So anyway, uh, Lord willing, J.D. Vance will be joining us in just a few minutes. I've got all kinds of things to talk about today, but how about some good news? A 94-year-old grandmother has received a big, big win at the Supreme Court. Yeah. 94-year-old grandmother from Minnesota. Now, here's what happened. Several years ago, she got behind in her tax payments to the state of Minnesota. Well, evidently, they're not real compassionate out in Minnesota to uh, uh, elderly folks, senior citizens. She uh, she owed an approximately $15,000 in outstanding property taxes, penalties, interests, and costs. Now, having been on the other side of that many years ago, I would imagine that her actual tax bill 
I mean, if it was $15,000 with taxes, penalties, interest, and costs, I would imagine the original tax bill was probably around $6,000. Probably. I don't know for sure, but that's probably about what it was. Because by the time they actually take action, the uh, cost is usually about twice as much as you actually owe. So anyway, the uh, Hennepin County seized her condo. She owed $15,000. They took it away from her. And again, I am estimating the tax bill was probably six, $7,000. Could have been a little more. And they seized it. Senior citizen. She owned the condo. And so they took it, threw her out, seized her condo, and then they sold the condo. Now get this. She owed a total of $15,000. The condo was sold by Hennepin County for $40,000. Okay, so she got $25,000 back, right? Wrong. The uh, county there in Minnesota kept every penny. Quote, under the state's current forfeiture laws, the county kept the surplus proceeds in this case, approximately $25,000. Well, she started going through the courts. You know how long this takes. Several years have passed. She won. She lost. She lost. She won. She kept appealing it. And her case finally made it to the United States Supreme Court. And today, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled unanimously in favor of Geraldine Tyler and against the state of Minnesota and Hennepin County. She won. She's now 94 years old. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote in the court's opinion, again, it was unanimous, Chief Justice Justice John Roberts wrote, The taxpayer must render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but no more. A taxpayer who loses her $40,000 house to the state to fulfill a $15,000 tax debt has made a far greater contribution to the public fisk, uh, fisk than she owned. He went on, the takings clause uh, from the Fifth Amendment. The takings clause was designed to bar government from forcing some people alone to bear public burdens, which in all fairness and justice should be borne by the public as a whole. The opinion noted Minnesota law itself recognizes in many other contexts that a property owner is entitled to the surplus in excess of her debt. And then it goes on. Anyway, good news. 94-year-old Geraldine Tyler, the Supreme Court, has ruled in her favor. I wonder if she will get damages. I don't know. The story doesn't tell me. But good for her. 94, 94 years old and fighting the state of Minnesota. And then, 
another victory for the uh, the average person. The Supreme Court also today ruled unanimously in favor of a couple in, what is it, Idaho, I think, uh, yes, Idaho, Uh, Michael and Chantal Sackett. Uh, They live in Idaho. And 20 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, they wanted to build a house on their own property. That their own property. Well, the EPA prohibited them from building a home on their own property because the federal government had declared a part of it a wetland that fed government water, whatever that means. Um, They started to build. The EPA ordered them to restore the site, threatening penalties over $40,000 a day. Again, that was 20 years ago. It's taken them 20 years to go through the courts. And in the meantime, the Biden administration, their EPA, had passed a rule that would have even made it more difficult for this couple to build on their own property. So the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Michael and Chantal Sackett, ruled against the EPA's policies way back 20 years ago, and ruled against the current Biden administration policy that just recently went into effect. So uh, two cases where the little guy goes against the government and wins. I don't know about you, but I find that encouraging. And I hope you would find it encouraging as well. Uh, Going into a break, when we come back, hopefully we'll have J.D. Vance on the line live. A little later, the University of Dayton received a lot of money from the federal government for a program that called you and me Nazis. Yeah, no, I'm not making that up. We'll be back. Bob Bernie Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Welcome back to Bob Bernie Live, and it is my privilege to welcome again to the program... Senator J.D. Vance from uh, here in Ohio. Senator Vance, how are you today? I'm good, Bob. How are you? I am well. I am blessed. Uh, Senator Vance, I'm not much into conspiracy theories. I'm really not. But I am convinced that there has been an attempt for years to do away with AM radio. I I think for many reasons, but I think primarily because of... The majority of AM broadcasting, conservative talk, Christian talk, and so forth. It was the fairness doctrine that was, in a good way, knocked down. And now this move by automakers to uh, remove AM radios. Is my, is my conspiracy way off, or is there an attempt to attack AM radio? 
You know, I don't know if the conspiracy is right, Bob, but there's certainly an attempt to attack AM radio. I mean, I, I you know, I, whether these guys are doing it intentionally or doing it accidentally, uh, they are trying to destroy AM radio, and they've, in, in fact, made it so that it's much easier to manufacture a vehicle uh, if it doesn't have AM radio. It's one of the reasons why, of course, uh, we've been working on this particular issue is because, you know, it's, it's Christian and conservative radio is a major, uh, ma- major consumer of AM broadcast, but it's also a lot of rural folks. Uh, Maybe they're not political at all. Maybe they are who don't have really access to a lot of traditional media. Maybe the rural broadband is a disaster. We're in southeastern Ohio right now, and they don't have great rural broadband in southeastern Ohio. So yeah, there's a real risk here that if you do away with AM radio, you're going to politically bias our media even further to the left. You're also going to make it harder for people to get you know, information about emergency weather and things like that. Well, this station is heard in 80 of the 88 counties in Ohio. There's not an FM station in all of Ohio that has that kind of reach. And I think you're right about the rural areas. Uh, why Why are you passionate about this? You are one of the co-sponsors for the AM for Every Vehicle Act. Why is this something personal for you that you want to be involved in? Well, first is, is you know, one of the things I promised to do when I was elected was look out for people who had been forgotten or whose issues were ignored. Uh, this is not something the national media is spending a whole lot of time talking about, but it is something I hear about from my constituents all across the state of Ohio, that they're worried about what happens if we effectively do away with AM radio uh, in this country. And that's, that's certainly what they're trying to do. Uh, it, it also just, you know, I, I care very deeply about rural America and about the rural parts of our state. Obviously, I have a deep personal connection to those parts of the state. But, I, you know, I, I just think about, you know, an elderly couple that doesn't have a TV, doesn't have access to a high-speed Internet connection, and there's a tornado uh, running through uh, their area of the state. How do they find that out? Or or maybe there's a potential flood. Uh, maybe there's uh, some, some emergency situation that we're not even thinking about, but they have no way of getting that information because they don't have access to AM radio because our government and our and our biggest corporations have effectively outlawed it across the country. So there are a lot of reasons why I care about it, um, but I, I think it's my job to care about issues that aren't getting a lot of attention and, and hopefully try to solve them. Press releases, including those from your office, are saying that the move to uh, codify this, to require AM radio on every uh, automobile in America is bipartisan. How bipartisan is it? I would expect Republicans to back it, but are you really getting support from Democrats as well on this? Yeah, we are getting support from some Democrats, and I I think, you know, like a lot of issues that matter more to conservative Americans, you're going to get more Republicans than Democrats, but I actually have some optimism that Democrats care about this issue, too. I mean, you know, a number of my colleagues in the Senate, obviously we disagree about a lot of issues, but they do represent uh, you know, a large number of rural people. Uh, you know, we don't think of California as especially rural or Washington as especially rural, uh, but there are a lot of, uh, of rural populations that are represented by those folks. A lot of Native American tribes that don't want to have AM radio disappear in their communities either. So I think there's a chance here that there's enough of a collection of folks who care about the issue that you're going to be able to get some bipartisan movement on it. Uh, we'll see, of course, but but so far I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, Ford has already reversed course. You know, a couple months ago they announced, made it very public, that beginning in 2024 all of their electric vehicles would be minus AM and most of the other vehicles they have now reversed course. 
Do you think that was public pressure hearing about the legislation that you are sponsoring or they just decided to be good guys? Why, why did Ford reverse course? I think we certainly had an impact, Bob. One of the things I've learned about the Senate is that you, you pass legislation, and obviously that's the main thing that you do as a United States senator or as an author and try to work on legislative acts. Uh, but we also have a bully pulpit. We have a capacity to influence people, to maybe let them know that if they move one way on an issue, there won't be legislation. And I think that certainly the pressure from, from me and from others, this concern that AM radio was going away is, is something that they responded to. And I hope the you know the remainder of these car companies follow suit. I, I do think this requires a policy solution. I do think we're going to have to pass a law here. But obviously, you'd love to have a situation where the car companies just voluntarily uh, move ahead with with their car manufacturing and do it in a way that protects AM radio. Have you personally been in touch with any of the manufacturers, Ford or or the others, yet? I have, Bob, yeah. And, you know, we have a number of conversations with, with people at all levels, from, from my staff talking to their staff. Even mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've met with the leadership of the largest auto manufacturers in the country and, and across the world. So, you know, certainly it's something that has come up. Um, it's something that we've been working on behind the scenes and been mindful of behind the scenes, but happy to do the thing legislatively, too, because, you know, as I've learned in Washington uh, in my brief time there, until you actually put legislative teeth behind something, uh, you you don't go as far as you can. Well, as someone who deals with AM radio every day, I want to personally thank you for your advocacy, and I know that all of my listeners are grateful for that as well. Very quickly, and we're almost out of time, in looking at the actual content of the legislation, uh, one of the provisions it will direct the Government Accountability Office to study whether alternative communication systems could fully replicate the reach and effectiveness of AM broadcast for alerting the public, et cetera. Uh, and we, again, we've only got about 30 seconds. Uh, is that a loophole that auto manufacturers could use? No, I, I don't think so, Bob. What that really does is just forces us to ask the question of, could AM radio be okay. replaced? Not, I don't think it gives the auto manufacturers any leeway to depart from the language of the, of the, of the law. And okay. you know, certainly I'll, I'll be worried and we'll be monitoring to make sure the government doesn't find and, its own loophole. And with that, J.D., I got to go. The computer's going to cut us both off. Thank you so much for your time. Keep up the great work.